0: everyone. Welcome back to Feel Is Fucked, the podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. If this is your first time here, I just want to give a big welcome. And if this is your first episode, I always sometimes like to do these little intros and kind of reintroduce the podcast because it's a little vague with how the podcast is titled about what you're getting into when you get on this podcast and you start listening. But from the very beginning, there was a really big message that I had and I wanted to share with everyone. And it kind of was an all-encompassing idea of how to take your power back after you've struggled struggled. and been in really bad situations. You may have been through some sort of trauma or you may have experienced just some unfavorable cards that life has dealt you. And when I first started this podcast, I really wanted to share my own personal journey of how I took myself out of a really shitty situation and kind of made the most of it. And what I found is a lot of people have their own pain to power situation and story that they like to tell. And this platform really provides a safe space to do that and to share with others. And, you know, it's really nice when you go through and hear stories of people that make you feel more normal. That was one thing that I did not feel when I was going through really bad struggles. I felt like I was alone. I was isolated, that no one could relate to me, that no one would understand. And that also kept me from sharing my pain and my struggles and getting the help that I needed during that really bad time. So started sharing my own story and then also realized that there were a lot of people along the way that really, really helped me. Like they helped me in ways that I could have never imagined. And they kind of came into my life at the exact right time. And so I started bringing on those people onto the podcast to share their stories as well, because every time you hear someone's personal story of struggle, they might have just a little nugget of information that might like light something up inside of you that gives you hope. So that just, that transpired to bringing on other people that I was inspired by and one of the main things I love about podcasting so much is the network of people that it creates. And every time I walk into this studio, even people who I have no relation to at all, I can't even understand what they do for a living or what they talk about. I can sit down in these chairs with them and have a conversation and just connect. And that's another thing that I feel like this world is lacking is just a lot of connection. We have so much accessibility and it's so quick to jump on, you know, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform you want to talk about and just see people from all around the world. but are we actually connecting? Are we actually finding common ground? I feel like it's possible, but there's a lot of garbage in the way of it all. So you kind of have to sort through it. And I tell you this story to um, introduce my guest today because she is actually the assistant producer on my show. And I feel like it's someone who I started bonding with here at the podcast studio without even really knowing that much about her because I just feel like It's just one of those soul connections that you know you can relate to someone so hard because you both have been through things. And I really wanted to give her a chance to tell her story on Fearless As Fuck because I don't know all of it. And I really want to just like turn the table around and actually give you a view of Amber behind the desk and let her introduce herself and kind of get into her story because she's a lot younger than me. I don't want to age myself, but she's younger than me. And I feel like she's so wise and full of wisdom and even in moments that, I have had a hard time now. She's so quick to pull me out of it and give me that that push. And I really, um, I really admire that. So hi, Amber from across the room.
1: <laughs> hello, hello. It's <laughs> your introduction was so spot on and so keen. Cause I'm like, a lot of people would open up to me and be like, oh my God, like I can tell you anything. And I feel like, yes, you can. And also I'm like, God, why? why? <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> I'm like, why
1: like i uh, like i love to like talk to people and everything i'm like also why like i feel yeah. like there's probably also a reason behind it but i'm like i love to listen and i also love to hear other people's like stories and like experiences and stuff like that that's why i'm like always behind the deck so you sometimes hear me i'm like the voice of god or yeah it just
0: comes down out of nowhere (laughs) i feel like i was the same way too i i grew up especially as i started like talking to more people i became the person that's like oh christina's so easy to talk to or i can just like unload on her and she'll understand and back before i understood how to have like boundaries it was really emotionally taxing because i never knew how to like have that boundary to be like, okay, I, I, I can't take this on today or how to hold space and save space for myself or to save space for somebody else where I can like listen to their story and feel their emotions and be there for them, but also not take it on myself. I feel like that was really important and it's not something that you just know how to do. I think you learn it over time because you could be that, that soundboard for somebody, but then you can also, you know, take on too much of that and it can kind of like just be too heavy. You know what I mean?
1: I understand. Like I But it's also a gift it's, that you get it's, to be that person. It's Like <laughs> a gift in the curve. at that time. Cuz I don't know how to explain it because when at a very young age, like a lot of kids will always run up to me and be like, "Oh yeah, like my father did this to me or my mother said this to me." And I'm like, "Oh, like isn't like, "Oh, are you sure like you should be telling me? Or you should be telling an adult." And then sometimes they'd be like, "I just feel like I should tell you." And right, like, you're like a safe space. Yeah, and I like I appreciate feeling like a safe space, but sometimes people will take advantage of my safe space. Right. Uh, like the safeness of the space and they will take advantage and they will be like throwing shit in your face and you're like, Oh, okay. Now I have to throw down the hardcore don't fuck with me, bitch. Yeah. And it's like I it's don't want to be like that.
0: Yeah, it's tricky because you you do I always take it as a compliment that I am that I look like a safe space for somebody, but I also don't like it when someone just like emotionally dumps on me at the same time where I appreciate it when my friends come to me like, "Hey, do you have do you have time to listen to me today or do you have a moment? I'm going through a crisis. Can you listen?" or like even my more like in-tune friends are like, do you have enough energy to get on the phone with me right. because things are falling apart? Granted, if it's an emergency, I would drop anything, but um, they're being conscious of like what they're doing. And I'm also like, okay, do I have the um, the emotional capacity to listen to this today? And that's really important. Um, but I also think that people who have been through a lot, maybe like yourself or like myself, maybe we give off a different kind of vibe that it's like, it is safe because I think that if you know somebody's not going to really understand you or be able to empathize with you, they don't give off that, like, come talk to me vibe. Right. Right. So
1: what I learned is if you take on too much energy, you feel your own energy, like drain away. And you're like, oh, fuck, like, I don't have enough energy to deal with your problems versus like my energy being sucked away by home life. And then going off to my friends where they're like, Oh, you're always a safe space. You're always a safe space and I right. can just dump everything on you. Versus what my other friends I have noticed, they will my, like from afar, they will be like, Are she okay? Like, should I check mm-hmm. up on her? And like I have some friends where they do like a six month checkup. Cause I feel like a six month checkup is better than a everyday kind of thing because not every day is like the same. Yeah, but it's regulated... also it's also the same, too. Yeah, you could be like, oh, this happened. And, next you know, I have to go back and do the same thing. And then it's it's just the same thing over and over again. I just don't yeah. know what to talk about. Like six months, that's where you see me on the phone for like six plus hours. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, this happened, this happened and this happened. And then we just go on a rant about like what happened in that six month period where it's like so relieving, so freshening. And it's not about the same thing over and over and over again.
0: And it's definitely not about like drama over and over and over again too because that can get really exhausting when you have those friends who all they constantly talk about is somebody else. It's not even their own problems. just becomes like, you're not going to believe what so-and-so did. And it's like, I... I don't, like care. I don't care. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this no. is why we get along. Um, but I would love for you to kind of talk about kind of how you grew up and like how you wound up into where you're at right now and like what you're doing and um, kind of go from there because I know you really resonated with that podcast that we did with Ricky and George and we talked about the school systems and like how people grow up and how kids grow up in the systems and how, you know maybe there are certain kids that don't really get the attention that they deserve and it kind of has, has a rollover effect onto their education. And, you know, you're like, that, that sounds like my childhood. And I'm like, man, so tell me a little about how you grew up and like, you know, from like, you know, you being a kid and up until college. Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my childhood, I don't want to say my childhood was really fucked up, but I can say like there was points in times where I could be like, whoa, that was like really fucked up in like, my childhood. But it's more like I seen it as it was my childhood and to me as an adult seeing it now as like a fucked up thing versus now when as a kid you're like well that was my childhood that was kind of fun so now I'm like ah I don't know if I should be like my parents are bad and this and this and that but in a sense of way my grand I, I was basically raised by my grandmother um my aunt was basically like my sister my uncle was like my brother Um, my mother, on the other hand, she was kind of like in and out. She worked a lot. Uh, she probably just, I don't want to say probably just save her, but in the sense of way, she didn't really make time for me and to like properly make sure that my education was like good and stuff like that. But it's like growing up in a struggling
0: household, you kind of have to take it as is. It's kind of like the cards you're dealt and you do with what you can, you know, you, you It's like you do the best with what you have.
1: Right. So I, in a sense of way, I did the best of what I had as growing up. But the school systems were like, were everything I remember like spot on. Or it's like one of those moments where I was a kid and I just did not understand. But as like my parents, as adults, it's like we can't, we don't know what actually happened because we're hearing from your teachers and you're saying something else and it's like Adult says this and you did not do it, why? And when you explain to them, they're like, that's not a good enough reason. Like you should be listening to an adult, you should be doing like what they say, what they do. But I was like that really rebellious. (laughs) I was really a rebellious ass kid. So I was always like in and out of the like the office. Uh I basically moved a lot, so I didn't really make a lot of friends in school. Uh, a lot of times that we stayed in a house, it was probably like six months to like almost a year and we will bounce around. The longest we stayed in a house was like 11 years. And then the shortest was six months. And <laughs> bouncing from schools to schools, you kind of just like, you don't make as many friends, but you learn how to be sociable in that sense of way. And then learning how to be sociable as the only child, as my mother's, it's kind of hard because your aunt's, Basically, an adult. Your uncle's basically adult. Uh, your grandparents are basically your parents in the sense of way. So, that is that.
0: So, did you feel like there were years of your? high school life that you struggled where you had more of like pushback with teachers and you know maybe that rebellious stage you were talking about when it came to like not wanting to listen to authority did you actually feel that or was that just the way you were did you actively know you were doing that and kind of like pushing back against you know your teachers
1: in the sense of yes but I have to put it like this I was growing up in a household that was super chaotic like you had two teenagers growing up, and then you have a mother that was not around a lot. You have two grandparents that already have three other kids plus a now grandbaby. And I just took it as like they were so stressed out that sometimes they just didn't know what to do or they right. did like the old school of being raised. And honestly, I'm not gonna say like it was the bad choice because I believe getting your ass whooped was probably like the best thing that can probably ever happen to me because i'm not gonna lie there was a lot of times where i was like yeah i deserve
0: that ass whooping like i like i like, know i might have been a bad kid yeah here. i was <laughs> like
1: i know i did something bad there and i should have like i should have reached some kind of consequences and getting your ass whoop i have to say taught me a lot because i would never do that shit again yeah
0: because
1: <laughs> you're like what the fuck that hurts and you're like is it considered a beating or is it because you're trying to teach this kid a lesson and being your grandparents who also was raised in the, like their school systems was like, you can actually get beat. in that's the school. that's so
0: crazy to think about.
1: It's it's wild because I hear my grandfather tells like he'll tell me the story like when he used to get his ass whooped as a kid. By a teacher because that was considered discipline. back then, And
0: that then. would be like literal abuse at this point. If you it were would. to discipline someone else's, I mean, even your own, if it was bad enough, it's considered child abuse. You know what I mean? And right. I know, I know we've gotten a little bit soft as like a society, but also at the same time, things, some things that were done back then and the way they were done is not right at the same time. And I know of different parents have different views on like how to discipline their kids, but there are a lot of kids now who don't like listen at all and they, they, you know, they, um, What's the word I'm looking for? They like uh, take advantage of their parents, right? And you know, you hear all those adults who are like, "Man, if my if I ever said that to my mom or my dad, like I'm getting my hit." Yeah, off, something so, like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, my my parents spanked me, but I never like got the crap beat out of me. But I do know a lot of a lot of my friends and and my parents' generations and so forth. They all got their ass handed to them. And so it's really interesting to see the the difference. And obviously, there are things that are like <laughs> not okay. It's just wild for me to think about there were actual teachers who were able to hit their students you know what i mean right i, don't, I can't even and imagine like
1: I, it's more crazy because when he was growing up and it was like in the range of 1950 ish 1940 ish i forgot what the years but he was born in the 1940s and my grandmother wasn't born in the 1950s so of course they're close in age but they also know like getting your ass beat was considered like you have to learn your lesson to know why you're getting your ass beat but you, when you're a kid you're like god damn like i got my hand my ass handed to you i'm black and purple yeah. everywhere and stuff like that but as an adult you look at it you're like thank god she whooped my ass like <laughs> fuck.
0: Isn't that crazy to think that that was literally like 70 years ago at this point it's- like that actually kind of like blows my mind when i you if you say 1950 and i'm like
1: damn what
0: the fuck? that's so crazy so what year did you graduate high school
1: I graduated in 2017. Oh my God, I'm so
0: old, I can't. Okay, (laughs) 2017, okay. So that makes you- 24. 24, okay, okay. I'm 10 years older than you. Okay, that's. it's just so wild because I just see you as such a mature person, like such a wise soul. I think just hearing the graduation year, because I graduated in 2006 and that just sounds so long ago. So long ago, okay, anyway, moving on. Um, and what did you go to college for
1: well I originally wanted to go to college for for computer development so I can be into like game development that crashed and burned as soon as I went to UNLV and I was like I want to be a film major now like I realized that I actually like more, like films and then I like playing video games that have like the film type of right order like, to it like stray uh god of war like they have the cut scenes where it feels like it's not a cut scene like you're still playing the game yeah so i i felt i want to do that at a very young age because when i was growing up with my uncle he basically tri- he was like hey i have a baby like kind of like in the sense i have a baby sister as a teenager so he's like i'm gonna teach you all kinds of fun shit like how to say fuck? How to say shit? How to like That's how to so do funny. how to do like random shit? And then he like got a little older when I started like learning how to talk and walk and like understanding like com- like physics with my fan my fingers. He was like, "I'm gonna teach you how to play video games," and that was like his proud moment as a teenager, just teaching his like little niece like, ah, yeah. "I'm teaching how to play video games." So I grew up playing video games with him until he moved and then i was like okay i'm just gonna follow my path of video game so i went with nintendo and then it's still continuing with playstation i know a lot of people are like ill yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you wind up here in the podcast studio so i seen a opportunity for
1: interns for unlv's um email um one, I was, like, re- reading, like, the whole descriptions and everything. They were looking for, like, editors, no experience. And I was like, okay, like, um, something new. Like, I already said this is going to backfire with computer science. So <laughs> film has to deal. And I'm just going to have to find my way around film because I already know in, like, my higher years, like I am now, I, I'm going to have to have hands-on learning and stuff like that or – be a part of like the festivals or want to be a part of the festivals and stuff. So I'm like, okay, let me just make the best of my years. So I, <laughs> I'm kind of crazy. So I Googled, Stop! <laughs> I, Googled, <laughs> I Googled what Sticky Paws was and I was like, okay, it's a podcast studio. Like cool, cool, cool. Looked up like all the podcasts that were going through and I was like, all right, like, all right, like podcasts, looks like editing, look like I'm probably going to be engineering. And then I seen like who like the hosts were and i seen john orlando and i was like okay orlando sounds orlando bloom i'm just like pirates of the caribbean like is this orlando blooms family member i was like yeah so funny i was like i'm gonna meet johnny or something. <laughs> so when i clicked on john like i googled john's name and i was like okay like white guy
0: <laughs> john you're cool it's fine <laughs> he's already listening like what the fuck fuck?
1: (laughs) i was like okay some just some rich white guy and then i seen his dad i was like wait a minute i was like hold on tony orlando i was like this sounds hella familiar because i like knowing my grandparents they have talked about like how racism was was so bad back then like jim crow laws and like how people were just like openly say like outrageous shit to them and i remember they were like oh yeah there's like this there's like a few like singers and stuff that will like sing with black people and they dropped a few of the names and i was like he looks familiar and i looked up tony of the dons and i was like oh i know who he is and i i was like okay i'll just do an intern here and see see what happens talk to Travis and George, I was like, okay, I like, I like the vibes. I love the vibes. And from the in from the interview to entering for the whole like week, I was like, I want to work here. That was like my main goal. I was like, I want to work here. I don't give a fuck what I have to do. I'm already going to school. That's cool enough. I don't have a job because at the time I quit my job in January 22 uh, by time I found sticky, it was june July of twenty two so it was like a few months apart and I just like i was in my I was in the limbo of unemployed, I feel worthless i'm like i'm living off my boy like mooching off my boyfriend, and I just felt like that person like I need to do something like I need to find my niche again and by time I just figured everything out here, I was like, I want this. I want to be a part of this. I want this. And that's what I'm striving for.
0: And that's what I want. I think it's really important when you find things that feel like they're supposed to be and you really go in and chase that because things don't show up in your life for no reason. And I don't think that you'd be able to really understand or see that if you were real, if you weren't like in touch with yourself and in touch with what you want to do in your life. And that's not to say you have to have everything figured out. But I find that if you don't know what you want, staying open to possibility and being open-minded to being like, hey, I'm not sure what this is going to do for me, but something tells me I should take a chance on it. That's where like the magic lies because you will miss opportunities if you don't stay open-minded in those positions of uncertainty. And I think it's really cool that you, you gave that the opportunity to like show you what it was and you're like, oh my God, this feels good. I want this. I'm going to do what it takes to get this and you know you wouldn't have ever felt that if you hadn't taken the shot at least to see the possibility it might not be in like your wheelhouse but you're like hey i'm just going to figure it out
1: exactly like i think like as like an adult now and then looking at my childhood i don't know why i keep saying like looking down at my childhood like <laughs> it was like so fucking long ago but looking at the past of my childhood i remember when i was 11 and Telling the story now is it's going to sound very rough, and I'm sorry to my family that's like that's coming out from my mouth on a podcast out in the open, but as at the age of 11, uh, my mom lied to my grandmother about uh, being in New York and having a full time job and everything, and she basically did not want to like own up to her shit. Of saying like I fucked up, I went out here and I did not get the job and stuff like that because in a black household that is the epitaphy of like your pride in your way. So she basically got her pride in a way and my grandmother did though. So she sent me out there. By the time I figured out she was homeless and just working at a homeless shelter, I literally was just standing in the homeless shelter not knowing it was a homeless shelter because I thought it was a hotel. At I, I thought it was either a hotel or like a weird way how New Yorkers like get into their apartments. But I was just sitting there and realizing like people are actually homeless is when it happened. And that's when I have to say like, when the wisdom and everything happened because being alone majority of the time of, of New York and then also being with my mom with my mom um I figured that the world's gonna be such a fucked up place that if I don't change with it that is gonna just devour myself and from the age of 11 to now I have to like adjust and adapt more and that's why I'm probably like one of like a very fast learner because if I don't adapt fast enough then the world's gonna swallow me. And that's how I always perceived it, so.
0: I feel like kids who had to go through a lot of change in their earlier years, like you said, have to adapt quickly. So it's like they had to grow up faster. And when you grow up faster, I think you mature more. And that's probably why you can look at somebody who maybe they aren't like in their 30s or 40s. They're in their like younger 20s. But you're like, damn, you seem so wise beyond your years. It's probably because they had to grow up really fast and they had to adapt to all these situations. And I also feel like those are the people who really like to go after things, like really full full force because they know the opportunity and they see the opportunity. And I'm sure there's a lot of kids, I want to say kids, like young adults, you're, I, I can't believe I just said that. I feel so old. Don't worry. <laughs> like I, I still like, I oh literally look God. at myself. I'm like,
1: I'm still a baby. Like, what I don't know fuck? what the why? fuck is going on. Yeah.
0: Also, why am I aging myself? Like I'm a fucking grandma. I was <laughs> meaning like, you know, there's a lot of People in college who like are still trying to find their way and find out what they want to do for a living. Hell, I'm in my 30s and my career has changed so much. So I can't even say that. There are a lot of people who are still in this position to not fully maybe know what they want to do with their lives or maybe they're fearful of taking those risks. You know, what would you tell somebody who... Um, you know, may have been in that position where they're looking for a change in their life and they don't know what to do or they're lost and they kind of want to, you know, push forward and see what's available to them. What are some like words of wisdom you could give to encourage somebody to chase after what they really want to do in their life without the fear?
1: Hit rock bottom and then learn your lesson.
0: Damn girl, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) For real, I mean, that's like no sugar-coated bullshit right there.
1: (laughs) I'm not gonna lie to people, like hit rock bottom and then learn your fucking lesson and see where the fuck you're gonna take yourself after a while because I turned 21 in the pandemic. So imagine having everything that happened from you from your whole childhood and then a pandemic hits and then your friends are like underage still and you're the only one who's 21, and they're pres- and they're providing. So hit rock bottom, and then try not to kill yourself while you're doing it, because I can't tell you how many times I tried to commit suicide, and it didn't work. So just hit rock bottom real quick, and then by time you do your like your silver period learn from your lesson or just do shrooms.
0: So when you felt like you were at your lowest, when you were having suicidal thoughts and feelings and, you know, darkness, what do you think drove you to that point of being like, this isn't worth it anymore? And what do you think pulled you out of it besides hitting rock bottom and being like, you know what? I can't, I can't let myself do this anymore.
1: I think when I was, I don't want to say 17, because going into the stainless aisle, like not going to stainless aisle. But going into, like, a a, a mental health... Like, like, institution. Institution. You see how bad the nurses actually treat you. And you really think your mental health is going to get better with some fucking nurses telling you, oh, it's just in your head, sweetie. Or telling you some, like, outrageous shit because you're still underage. And they considered the underage people, like, birth control. So I, I think... I want to say like, I want to say 17, but I really want to say like 21 because I, I'm not going to lie because a lot of my friends that I had back then are not my friends now because Mm -hmm. they showed their true colors between the two margins of those things. But I... (laughs) Honestly, you just do sure. <laughs> yeah, it's I
0: like mean, the- I'm a big advocate for that, but it, it's, it's hard because you can tell somebody to do that to help themselves, but also they have to be in the right mind to know that they're doing it in a healing way to get better because I think some people just utilize it as like recreational and they're just like, I'm going to take this and it's like, everything's going to be better and that's really not the case. You still have to do the work on yourself and you still have to understand that it's like a tool to kind of help you shift your mind and shift your perspective perspectives and it takes a really wise person to to be able to like, Take that and understand it and do with it what you will, because, you know, I think you're right. Like, I feel like, um, how do I say this? Like a lot of institutions are out there to not help the sick get better. I, you
1: know what I mean? Yeah. I hundred, like when I say like a lot of doctors are just there to get the paycheck, they're just there to get the paycheck. And it makes Me want to say, like, you should go to a mental institution because if it's too far gone, you should check yourself in. Right. Like, I'm not saying, like, you shouldn't do this, but I'm saying, like, if you think you're too far gone, please check yourself in.
0: Right. There's a there's a there's always a
1: path that you should take. But my path was hitting rock bottom, then Mm -hmm. realizing, like, hey, that I shouldn't, like, be like this as an adult. Like, I'm on my own. So like trying new things and then also trying to understand like why did my past feel like this or why did my past hurt so much? And then like having like, you know, spaz ass moments with my boyfriend and stuff like that. And then also really realizing, trying to like understand like why am I having these spaz moments? But you're like, oh, I haven't healed from something in my past. And that's a a really important
0: part too. I I think that that's like you can utilize like, let's say like psychedelics or let's say therapy or let's say, you know, being institutionalized. Like there's a lot of, there's like a big spectrum of things that can be done to help someone heal from trauma, but it takes you getting to that point where you can look at what you've been through and be like, okay. Why did this happen to me? Why am I reacting this way because of this? What is it allowing me to do in my life now that may be negative or positive? And let's like examine those and self-examine. I think once you get into that self-examination process, that's when you can prosper. But if you're stuck in your shit, I feel like that's kind of, that kind of equates to like what quote unquote like rock bottom is. And you really do have to fucking hit rock bottom and you have to let yourself slam face first into it and sit there because like rock bottom is also a really solid foundation of where you can rebuild your life and someone once told me that and i was like wow that's a really cool way to look at things and a really interesting perspective shift because rock bottom sounds so bad rock bottom sounds like someone's at like the lowest of the fucking low like there's it no where you terrible. can get
1: like it sounds terrible but when i feel like If you went through everything I went through, like I went to, like, I got myself checked in on accident because I was feeling suicidal, but I wasn't thinking of acting on my actions. It's just teachers were like, we're going to send you there. And I'm like, I'm going to get myself out, watch. But like getting checked in there, like talking to like therapists when like in college and then also trying antidepressants, trying everything if it doesn't work you have to sit there and own up to your shit like you can't run away from it so long because it's going to keep building up and you're just gonna either you're gonna let your demons like fucking swim or you're gonna just take them up or in figuring them out because honestly you just let your demons try to drown they're gonna figure out how to swim yeah. So I just befriended minds and I just figured it out. And now it's less, it's, I don't want to say less hard because I still have my moments where I'm like, why am I like this? But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty little crazy in the head. But,
0: but also like you have to give yourself some grace too because you have done so much. And I think, understanding that like, you can't just make your trauma go away. You can't make what you've been through go away. You can't make a hard childhood go away. You can't make a toxic relationship that like, you know, really beat you down, go away. You have to take ownership of what's happened to you and not play the victim anymore. And I feel like that's really hard for some people to hear and understand because I mean, I've even been there when someone told me I was playing a victim to my circumstance. I was like, no, I'm fucking not like bad shit happened to me and this and this and this. I'm like, okay, that's still valid. And Accurate, but at the same time, like, what are you going to do about it, Christina? Like, are you going to take it and just sit with it and be sad the rest of your life? Or are you going to take it and like build something from it and understand that maybe this happened to you for a reason? These are the cards you're dealt. How can you take this and turn it into a positive and improve your life? Because that's 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 the shift. And I know we lose a lot of people to mental health. Mental health is such a huge. Oh my God, it's such an underlooked. Piece of life these days and people aren't really understanding, like we are going through such a crisis with it. So I have a lot of sympathy and empathy for like the struggles that people are facing. But at the end of the day, there's also a part of that that you have to own what you, what you went through. You have to own what you're going through. And like you said, you have to kind of befriend your demons and understand why they're there. Because there are also some things I think that are there to protect you. And they're not going to just disappear because you're like, you know what? I went through this. I'm never going to forget it. And it's not that I have to be bitter about it or get angry about it, but like this happened to me and these little guys are here to remind me of what that was, but let's make peace with that because you have to live with it.
1: Right. And then I feel like people who probably would hear this and be like, why would you befriend your demons? Why, why won't you get rid of them? Because getting rid of them is going to do nothing but bring them back. Cause you're bringing back something else. You're probably bringing back something worse. So literally befriend your be- demons. Like, it feels better to befriend them than to just let them drown and then let you drown with them.
0: Yeah, because they'll take you down. They'll take you down, that's for sure. And not to say that you won't have like ebbs and flows and waves of you know, your trauma not coming back. Like you might go like six months to a year and feel like everything's good. Everything's golden. You've healed from this breakup. You've healed from this traumatic past. You've healed from this like terrible thing that happened to you. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I down dumps again? Why is this creeping back on me? But you have to grant yourself some grace because like we were saying, it's something that you've been through and you have to like sit with it and understand it. And if it's showing up, it's there to show you something, figure out what that something is so you can like learn and grow and move forward. And Also, like find someone to talk to, too, because there's a lot of like I said in the beginning of this episode, there's a lot of people who have stories to share and you might think that your story means nothing, but you have no idea the impact it can have on somebody who might hear it and like, oh, my God, I've been through that. I thought I was alone. I thought I had no one to talk to. And, you know, what? maybe that person that heard it doesn't want to talk to anybody. Maybe they heard you talk about it on a clip of a podcast on TikTok and it saved them. I had a girl come to me recently who was dating my ex over the last like uh you know last 6 months or something and i remember i had um, let me let me start this over she had come to me and she said that she had heard and listened to a clip of my podcast on tiktok or on instagram and she didn't want to believe it she heard it she didn't want to believe it she cried she freaked out about it and you know, it wound up being true. And then she wound up leaving and realizing that my ex was like such a terrible person and did all this shit to her. And she was like, I just really appreciate you sharing that. And I remember when I got this message, I thought back to the clip that I had posted about you know, toxic relationships and being with a narcissist and like letting someone take advantage of you and all that crap. And I remember when I was about to post that clip, I think I even talked to you, Amber. I'm like, I don't know if I can start posting this content. I don't know if this is a good idea. And I kept thinking, I'm like, you know what? It's going to help somebody. Somebody needs to hear it. And then fast forward hearing this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I might have like gotten to someone before things could have gotten worse. And that is just a prime example of like, it doesn't have to be about this topic, but if you are utilizing your platform and you've been through something terrible, or you are just sharing your journey of healing, it could affect someone so incredibly much. You have no idea. So the power of social media and the power of getting on the internet can be utilized for good. And that's so important.
1: It is. And then, and I feel like People don't see it as, like, importancy because I still think a lot of Americans, and I'm going to say it, a lot of Americans would say we're too sensitive or we're we're taking things too much of a heart. Or even other people from other countries, they would say, like, we're too sensitive. We're taking things, like, like, too harsh, like, too much to heart. But in reality, it's like, hey, like, hey, man, like, some people really don't take it to heart. Like, some of us are not made out of like you know the squishy shit where literally like you probably throw a rock at us we're like ha, that's funny because i can probably say something twice as worse because and you'll hate it because i just switched tables around you and that's how it is, and that's how most things
0: are. I think it's subjective. Law. I think it's subjective to the person. Like, you know, I think I think there are a lot of things that we could be overly sensitive about but when it comes to mental health and what you've been through. You know, someone might hear my story, or your story, and be like, "Oh, that's like that's like nothing. You didn't go through anything." And it's like, <laughs> that is where I feel like we lose connection as people when you diminish, trying to one up it, yeah, and you or you diminish somebody's trauma. You know what I mean? Like my trauma might not compare to yours, to the next person, to the next person. But sharing stories of what you've been through. That's not soft. You're being vulnerable and just trying to connect with people. I think that's really important. Um, do you have any last and final things to say kind of to anybody that is looking for some motivation to kind of get out of their dark spots?
1: Um, I feel like if you're going through a dark spot right now and you think to give up, think twice before giving up because you probably got to a spot where you think you should give up but you shouldn't and you should keep pushing yourself and you should hold yourself accountable for a lot of your actions, too, because if you don't, you just end up with Karen or a Kevin in life. And no one fucking wants that. So just, you know, peace, love and happiness.
0: Yeah, I think everyone deserves more what they are putting themselves down to. And I know that this is a really sensitive topic for some people with mental health and there are a lot of resources. I'm hoping to get some kind of sponsorships and some sort of um, collaborations with, you know, mental health um, companies and maybe some even online therapy companies that people can reach out to for resources. But I have struggled myself as well as almost, I would say 90% of the people that I know with mental health issues. And it's not bad to talk about your problems. It's not bad to reach for help or ask for help. And I want to encourage all of you to do the work on yourself, to step up into the plate like Amber was talking about and not be a victim of your circumstance. The world needs you. The world loves you and you're worth more than that. So I really hope you guys got a little bit of inspiration from this little short podcast. And um, Amber and I will hopefully be talking a little bit more about this in the future. So feel free to reach out to any of us. I will leave Amber's information on here under her um, her little screen as well if you want to hit her up. She is a wonderful addition to Sticky Paws Podcast Studio here and does all of my clips. So thank you if you guys love my clips. She's the one to thank for that. Um, And until next time, I hope you guys all stay safe and love you all. We'll We'll see you later.